morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. How we doing, everybody? I hope your day is going well. Today to the show, we bring Mr. Tay Westbury. Tay, how we doing? Yo, I'm good, man. How you doing? I am doing very well. For those of you that don't know, Tay is a radio DJ and a chef extraordinaire. You're, of course, going to know him from the latest season of MasterChef. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Which I'm not going to lie. By the time this episode airs, the finale would have already been aired. I mean, this week itself was the semi-finale um, in its own right. And I got to I got to say, Tay, I, I, if, it, if it weren't if it weren't for, I believe, the Ponzu butter, I Ponzu butter. Yep. Yep. I, I I I my money was on you. Like, like you, like I pick people at the beginning of the show. I'm like, I think these people are going to make it to the finale. I had my money on you and I have my money on Alejandro and Alejandro has made it. (laughs) I haven't seen the semi semi finale. I haven't seen the latest episode. So I don't know who the, the final, uh, the final, you know, the people in the finale are, but uh, I, I always enjoy master chef hell's kitchen. I love cooking. Uh, I know. Let me rephrase that. I love people. I love watching people cook. I I can't cook myself. I make a wicked scrambled egg. I make, I make, uh, a pretty delicious quesadilla, and that's oh, about it. What kind? Okay, steak or chicken? Uh, I pretty much just cheese. If I if I'm throwing uh, a protein in there, it's steak. Okay, all right, I can hang with that. You know, being from Nebraska, Omaha steaks and everything, I'm cool with that. But when it comes down to it, like just just a good old cheese quesadilla, like like that's what I'm always in. <clears throat> that's what I'm always down for. Uh, but we are we are here today. Uh, to talk about movies, but before we do that, uh, what got you into cooking? How old were you? What was your inspiration? Man, so uh, I started cooking at a pretty young age, and that age, probably being around seven or eight years old, uh, inspiration being actually my father, who was also my inspiration uh, for DJing, Uh, and it wasn't anything like, you know, my dad was a chef or anything like that, but uh, he just knew good food, and Seeing him, you know, cook for the holidays and everything, and how everybody would come together and just love and enjoy, um, you know, his labor of love just continued to create that spark in me. Uh, my mom was a woman that would feed us to keep us alive. And so um, when I got tired of just being fed to stay alive, I was like, well, if I want to, I, I wanted to learn for myself. I believe the first dish I ever made. It was a breakfast dish, and my dad was something he called eggs rancheros, which was basically tortilla chips. Uh, you would toss in a pan, throw some uh, scrambled eggs over the top. Once it was almost done, you would uh, lather it with a, a coating of like paste salsa and cheese and throw a little bit of water in there so the cheese melts, put the top on and steam it, and then there it was. I, honestly, it's, it was, it's really a ghetto uh, chilaquiles, but... Uh, <laughs> That was my first interaction, like really, really cooking and first interaction with the stove. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, uh, for, for, for me, I'm right there with you. I mean, my family, my mother, uh, my Uncle Tom uh, were both big cooks. I, when, whenever the family would get together, it would always be the two of them in the kitchen, uh, basically telling everyone else to get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's 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 great. I, I you can definitely tell that you have the passion for cooking. You you definitely you have what it takes. I, I, I mean, it, if it weren't for the one thing that happened, like I said, I, I think you'd be up there in the finale right now. So well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. But we are here to talk about movies, which is which is my passion, what I love, what what I don't I don't remember uh how to make eggs benedict uh i don't uh i don't know how to make a creme brulee uh but i could tell you just about every movie that jeff goldblum has been in uh (laughs) (laughs) that's what i do i remember movie stuff i don't remember mathematical equations or historical events i just remember movies uh a question that i always love starting with and uh and i it always intrigues me have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater Ah, yes, I believe so. Yes, I have. Do you do you remember what movie it was? I don't. Um, No, that's okay. It wasn't. I I almost want to say it was one of the Hunger Games. 
Okay. I, I think that's what it was. I can't remember if it was a girl that I was with that I was just not intrigued or if it was the movie, but I remember just walking out of there like, why am I even here right now? Sure, sure. That's that's uh, that's an interesting one. I enjoyed... Uh, I actually just recently re-watched the Hunger Games series. I went and caught the original one in its run in the theater, and then I caught Catching Fire, which is the second one in the theater. And then... Uh, the 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 third and fourth because they took the last book and made it into two films. I never bothered yeah. to go to the theater and watch it. But I recently sat down in front of my computer and watched them, and they they were entertaining. They did their job, but I could understand. Why do you that. say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I I didn't love it, but I didn't I didn't hate it. Like I can sit down and enjoy a film for it being entertaining. And, like, it was a movie. It did its job. Like, I laughed. I, I had emotion. But am I going to go out of my way to watch this movie again? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, you, I know, got, I, you go ahead. I'm trying. I don't, because I don't want to say it was The Hunger Games, because I did enjoy that series. But it was around that area of time. And I can't remember exactly what movie it was. I don't believe it was The Hunger Games. It had to have been. You know when people make those scary movies that just end out of nowhere and you're like, that made no sense. Like, you guys, you run out of budget and you're like, oh, let's hurry up and put something together and then here's the end. Sure. There's one on Netflix right now. I can't, I don't remember what it's called, but um, it was basically like a power outage went across the world and then like everything was shutting down and then the movie just ended with them driving away and it looked like a volcano was blowing up in the back and then that was the end. Do you recall seeing that one? I, I do. I do not know that one. But I could tell you, I mean, that's okay. See, see, this is funny because this brings up, this could be a whole new question. And that's like, what's a movie that, that the ending of the film just absolutely ruined it for you? Because I could, I automatically could tell you that movie for me is The Mist. The Mist. I remember watching The Mist which is based off of a Stephen King book, a Stephen King story, which I absolutely love. And then they went and they completely changed, they twisted the ending. I won't, I won't give away what it is, but they completely twist the ending from what the book is. Mm -hmm. I hated, I hated the ending of the movie. It actually ruined the film for me. Come to find out Stephen King watches this and goes, wow, that's actually a better ending than my book. What? Yeah, he thought the ending of the movie was better than the, the ending of his story. And I'm just like, it, it drives me bonkers because I, I hated the ending of the movie. But I probably hated the ending of the movie because I knew the ending of the book. Gotcha. But you know what they say, man, about watching a movie and then, uh, you know, seeing a movie and then remembering what the book was. And the book is always more explanatory, especially, you know, for people that are able to take their minds to that place and visually see what the author is writing and constructing, you know? Sure. Well, and it's also, I mean, when, when it comes down to it, a screenplay is going to be different from the book. Uh, and, and, and that's something I learned. Uh, that's something I had to learn. And, and the mist was a prime example for that. Uh, I think it's funny, the Marvel movies, because people that are really into comics, I don't know if you're a big comic nerd, I like comics. I don't actively read them, but I know what happens in them. And people get so upset on how the movies deviate from the storylines of the comics. And I'm like, well, you can. It's a different medium. It's it's a new concept. Like, it's existing characters, but something new. It's like when they're taking the movies and turning them into TV shows. Now, you had, you had Lethal Weapon, the TV show. Now we have a Rush Hour TV show. There's a Turner and Hooch TV show. The Flash. The Flash. Oh, my God. I love The Flash, though. The Hell Flash. Yes! <laughs> the Flash is amazing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. DC's Legends of Tomorrow is probably my favorite DC show. Ah, hands down. Um, but Flash, but, but until Legends came around, Flash was definitely number one for me. Like, I love Flash. I love Flash. I loved Arrow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad they're ending Supergirl this season, but like, you know, they, they have their vision. They have their plan. If they keep giving me Flash and they keep giving me Legends, I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, when I remember when the Flash first came out, and I was always that guy where it's like, oh, you know, like they're trying to recreate a classic, like just leave it be. And then my brother was watching it one day. And you know how you're walking to the living room and be like, what is this? And you sit down for literally 45 seconds and then you're hooked for like two years. Mm-hmm. That's how the Flash was for me. Sure. I mean, for me, I was excited for Flash from the beginning, but do I, I, I'm right there. It, it took me until the office was done and completely off the air for a couple of years that I finally sat down and watched it. And it's probably my favorite American TV series. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then Walking Dead. Walking Dead was one of those ones that I avoided for years. And then I caught like a half an episode with a buddy. And I just looked at them and I was like, tell me this isn't the fucking Walking Dead. It's the fucking Walking Dead! <laughs> and, and it was. And he's like, bro, this is the Walking Dead. And I'm just like, God damn, now I got now now I gotta watch the whole series. Yeah. And we're actually we're actually finishing up, I think, season ten. We're, we're we we have like five episodes left on Netflix of the season they just loaded up there. Cause we yeah. don't have we don't have cable, like cause we don't pay a hundred dollars to watch stuff that we can watch six months later on Netflix. For free, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is a month now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead, speaking of it's funny. Uh yesterday I came home. And I'm hearing like these gruesome sounds come from the TV, and I walk into the room, and my girl is like asleep, like like pleasantly in a deep sleep. I'm like, girl, how are you sleeping right now? What the fuck is going on? And she is dead ass asleep, yo. It's just comforting sounds, man. Things that you're used to can just make you fall asleep. That shit would give me nightmares, bro. I do. I, I, once again, I can kind of feel it. Like I, for years, would fall asleep watching professional wrestling. What? Which is, oh yeah, bro. Like pay per views. I would just put on pay per views, and that's crowds screaming and cheering and people getting hit with chairs and the slamming on the mat. Yeah, bro. I would fall asleep to that stuff all the time. Well, more power to you, man. I was definitely more of a Transformers guy. I could put that on and fall asleep any day. I that's 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 uh you put on the original Transformers cartoon uh and I'm I'm as happy as a pig in a blanket that's something yeah. that I could just you could curl up to the couch too with a nice drink or that's something that you can curl on the couch too and just like pleasantly pass out with you know comforting yeah something about um Me I'm not Megatron um Optimus Optimus Prime's voice yeah all it, Autobots. I'm like, ah! It's, it's nice yeah, and soothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. No, that's a great one. And even, I mean, I just, but you, it's funny, you mentioned Transformers. I just sat down and, uh, so my job has downtime to where I can watch, I, I, I can watch movies while I work. So I, I don't, I've been just go, re-going through series. I redid the Resident Evil series. I, I've, I did the Hunger Games. I just recently redid all of the Transformers and I gotta say, man, people really want to shit on those, but they are entertaining movies. They do more than what they're there for. Like, I laugh, I cry, my sides hurt. Like, there is not, like, I don't understand why people have to hate on the Transformers movies so much. And the storyline is impeccable. Like, you know, when, when I think it's very uh, creative to see, like, oh, this is what they were doing and why they did this in the first movie and how they put it all the way together in the sixth movie. Yeah. You know? And the, the 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 continuous continuity of it, John Turturro through almost the entire series is amazing. Yes, absolutely. Every single role that he's played. Just John, I mean, John Turturro in general for me is, like you said, every role he plays, like he's he's always committed and, and he's great, whether it's whether it's the Jesus and the big Lebowski or or whether it's the the secret service seven sector whatever it is in transformers wasn't he in mr d's too he, yes he's he <laughs> i like feet <laughs> i like feet yes he had the black foot yes he was like yes that was funny <laughs> yeah yeah i like i i i would put your sir, your socks on sir he's a very very sneaky i'm very sneaky very sneaky sir yeah, I think yeah. you're underestimating the sneakiness <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, John DeTero. Dude, there's a movie I love from from the late 80s, early 90s. It's a modern remake of a Marx Brothers movie, but it's called Brain Donors. And John Turturro is the main star. He's playing the Groucho Marx of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it is, 
I, it's it's one of those movies that it's so stupid you can't help but laugh, and it's it it just gives me great lines. Like there's a there's a line where uh, he looks at at one of the guys. John Turturro looks at one of the guys and goes, "Do you want to step outside and settle this like men?" And he goes, "We are outside." And he goes, "Fine. Do you want to step inside and settle <laughs> yeah. this like women?" Oh damn. If you ever get a chance, if you ever find it, it's called Brain Donors. I highly recommend it. It's super. It's a super funny film that I, I absolutely love. Absolutely, um, check that out. But John Turturro is amazing in in, in what he does, um, and and he is in a bunch of movies that kind of leads to this next question, and that's a movie that you love that you could just watch every day. A uh, movie I love, I could watch every day. I would probably say, hands down. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's a good one. That's a fun one. I was, I was just talking about that uh, a month or two ago with another guest. Uh, what is it about the film that you love uh, that you love so much? You know, man, it's a very simple, wholesome film. And that's kind of how I live my life. You know, I'm like, I, I don't like he never needed the recollections or whatever. And then when he did get the accolades, it didn't change who he was. It was just like. I'm just out here living my life, man. I'm not doing anything special. Like when he was running and everybody said, like, so what are you doing this for? And move on. I just felt like running, man. Like I didn't, I didn't do this for you to come up here and create the Walmart happy sign and everything else. It was more just like, hey, I'm just out here living my life. And that, that's kind of how I cook. You know, even when MasterChef came around, it was like, granted, it's been an incredible blessing and an opportunity. But, um, People always ask me, like, so is this, like, how, when, how did you plan this out? And I was like, honestly, one day, like, my girl sent me the open casting, and I was like, oh, cool, like, I'm gonna try it out. And then out of nowhere, they were like, hey, you want to come be a part of the show? And the next thing you know, you're cooking for Rachel Ray, and she's absolutely loving your food. Absolutely, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I was right. It was Rachel Ray, right? The one that was in the first episode. Uh, the first no, no, no. Who was it? It was Emily. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And then, but you cook. You cooked for no. Don't mind. I cooked for Paula Dean. Was my Paula? That's who I was thinking of. Paula Dean. I always get my cooks confused. But man, that that was great, man. You gotta you gotta cook for some some absolutely spectacular chefs. Thank you, man. Thank you. It it was an incredible opportunity. Like. Uh, it honestly, and it hits you more and more every day because you didn't know who was going to be the celebrity chef that day or anything. And so when you found out, you know, it was like, okay, well, let me go and do some more research about this person. And you found out actually, you know, after the cook and everything else. And so it, it's just like, man, the more and more you find out about this person, like Nancy Silverton, I, you know, I, I had known very little about her before the show. And then to find out, you know, she's done all these, um, different organizations she's a part of uh helping people feed homeless people when covid hit she was out there in her restaurant uh you know putting together meals for people and everything else and it's just like i didn't know that much about this person you know you really get a chance to dive in and find out more about them that's and that's got to be so so much fun um i mean uh, of 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 all the the chefs that were on there the one the one that i would as i like to say the one i'd pop the hardest for and I'd pop for him more than Gordon. And that's Morimoto. Morimoto, yeah, that was the first one. Oh, that was the first challenge, like, in the actual kitchen. Like, I grew up watching Iron Chef with my mother. Like, uh-huh. Jap- like Japanese Iron Chef, obviously. But, like, what Morimoto does in the kitchen uh, is, like, for me, for me, it's, like, watching Beethoven play the piano. You know what I mean? It's like watching Spielberg direct a film. It's just words yeah. cannot really describe what, what happens there. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Like it, it is magic, man. Like when, when you watch somebody that has perfected a craft like that and then seeing, especially seeing them perform this craft in front of you, like when he uh, disassembled that monkfish in front of all of us, like it, it might not have read across our faces, but all of us were sitting there like, please, God, don't have us take apart this monkfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I was right, I'm right there when I see it happen. Like, they, they just did, they just did the, the one where the chefs are standing there and they're having to cook what the cook is cooking as they're, they're like, and now we're adding salt 
And while we're doing this, we're putting the milk in the pan and then we're chopping up the potatoes. Are you following me? Are you following me? You have to keep up. You have to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just, man, it's, it's so high pressure. I, I couldn't do it. Like I, I, am like an egg. I, I crack under the pressure. So. No, I, I, that was one challenge <laughs> I was looking at and I'm like, no, Woo! I would have been sweating. I, I would have been sweating. Like, you know, because when and I've cooked with other people before and cooked against people before in that competition style, but not Gordon Ramsay. You know. Sure, sure. Um, but going back to Forrest Gump, I absolutely, I, Forrest Gump is such a great film. I've mentioned it before. Uh, I saw it in its original run in the theater with my parents uh, when I was literally a child. I my I, I went to the movies every week with my parents. And sometimes it was movies that I would have a complete interest in seeing. Sometimes they would take me to movies that children should probably not be necessarily going to see. They were they were they were those kind of parents, huh? <laughs> that my my parents took me to go see Rising Sun in the theater when I was probably about I don't know, 11 or 12 and that movie starts with a rape slash murder. Oh my god. I was a child and and People are looking at my parents as this movie opens up. But how did you know it's Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery? Uh-huh. <laughs> how are you supposed to know that's how the movie's going to start? Lord knows it's how the book starts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another great, another another fun book and movie. I, I want to say that's a Michael Crichton. I might be wrong. But Michael Crichton is usually pretty good with the adaptations from, from book to movie. And that was usually because Michael Crichton was actively involved in the production. Um, Forrest Gump is a, is a super fun movie. Going back to it again, though, uh, the the use of CG with the interactions with like uh, LBJ and John Lennon. Uh, it's really interesting to see how how movies have progressed with what they've been able to do. Uh, Gary Sinise, I want to say it's Gary Sinise, the uh, Lieutenant Dan. And his no legs, you know, how they green yeah. screened him out. And yeah, man, Forrest Gump is, is, is a fun one. I really love it. Um, but with that, we, we kind of tra- travel, as I like to say, in the way back machine. And what's a movie that takes you back to your childhood, to just a, a more youthful time? Um, have you seen the movie Iron Will? Uh, I be- I haven't seen it, but I believe I've heard of it. What's it about? It is about a young man um, who loses his father. It's based, I want to say, in Alaska. And he loses his father. Um, and his father runs a sled dog team. The sled dogs, you know, back in the old times were how they got around up there and everything. And there's a race that happened, kind of like Balto, but a race for... Um, X amount of money that would provide for his family after his father had passed and for him to go to college and everything else. And, you know, he's a, he's a kid, he's a boy going into what they would call a man's race. And uh, he ends up winning it. And uh, through a bunch of trials and tribulations and um, the, like the dog, like his head dog was his dad's dog and like only really listened to his dad. So ended up building a bomb. It's a tearjerker, honestly. And what's it called? It's called Iron Will. Iron Will. Yes, it's a very, very triumphant movie. And um, I, I know some things that I dealt with at a younger age. Always, um, you know, it draws me to those movies that were triumphant and sure. like you know made you you know kind of want to keep on pushing, man. Don't give up yet. Iron Will, nineteen ninety four. And Mackenzie Aston. I, I'm. Ooh, Kevin Spacey, that one aged well. David Ogan Styers. It's oh Brian Cox. I'm looking it up on IMDb right now. Um, I will have to check this one out. I'm now I'm wondering what else Mackenzie Aston has done. Yeah, it was it was it's a really good one, man. I will have to. Oh, he was on the Facts of Life as Andy Moffat or Moffat. That's all I can read. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a fun one, Iron Will. And now that I see the poster, I've definitely, I've definitely seen. I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen the box because I'm. I, I remember posters. I remember covers. 
Uh, and that one definitely does look familiar. I would have definitely seen that one uh, in a video store uh, in probably the family section. Yep. Um, I got I got a quick question for you, man. So sure. you, know, you being the the movie connoisseur that you are, the video guru, have you been to the last standing blockbuster? I have not been to the last blockbuster, uh, <clears throat> but I did work for Blockbuster during its downfall. <laughs> Damn, so you got to see it all happen. I I found out, so I was at breakfast with my wife, and my boss calls me. We, we were at, um, oh, I just forgot the name of the restaurant, but that's not important. Uh, Broken Yoke, that's where we're at. We're at the Broken Yoke. And my boss calls me, and I, I go, hey, Ashley, what's going on? And she goes, I wanted to tell you before you read it on the news. Mm-hmm. But but Blockbuster is being shut down, and within three months we are going to be out of a job. Oh my! Well, at least they told you, and it wasn't like last second. By the way, well, here's the thing: she told me because she found out by reading it online. No one from Dish who bought Blockbuster told anybody in the company that we were being shut down. They released it to the press before they told anybody at Blockbuster. Wow. So if she hadn't have called me and told me that we were being shut down, I would have just gone on, on online, on Facebook or whatever, and like, because literally later that day, people were posting on my Facebook like, bro, are you out of a job? Like, so that's if she, insane. like, that's, that's why I personally, like, I, I don't like Dish Network. I don't like the Dish company in any way, shape, or form. Uh, because of their politics, because they decided to announce to the world before telling the people that were dedicated to their company uh, that they were losing their jobs. Uh, well, you know how that goes, man. Like, it's all about, oh, well, you know, social media and be the one to, yeah. Oh, dude, I believe, but, but like, if, if you're going to buy a company, and, and this, is, this is as serious as I will get on the episode, if yeah. you're going to buy a company and you're going to have all these people under your employment... Like, have the fucking decency to to send out a memo, like, a week before you announce it to the press. Three days before you announce it to the press. We're yeah. shutting down the company. You are going to have to look for a new job. Like, yeah. finding finding out from, from Facebook, you know what I mean? They're like, not going to have a job. No, I get it, dude. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like you got, They should have had you guys <laughs> sign an NDA or something. Like, hey, you can't talk about this, but, like, just so you know. Right, I would I would take care of still. Yeah, I mean, thank. At the time, it was just it's just me. It's just still me and my wife. No family yet. Hopefully soon, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the people that have families, to find that out the day that the world finds out, it's just such a shitty thing. Yeah, but but no, I have not been to the last blockbuster. I, I really want to go because I actually really love looking at blockbuster uh, movie theaters. Uh, a rental store, like anything dealing with movies, is just always a fun time for me. I don't know for everybody. Like, no, nah, uh, that was always the shit. Going, do you guys have a, like a Papa Murphy's or a Taking Big Pizza out there? Uh, no. Oh, that well, that was the thing here in the Midwest. Like, if there was a Hollywood video or a blockbuster, there was always a Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza right next door, and you would go or across the street and. Go and pick out a couple movies, get a pizza, go home, have the whole house smell like breadsticks as you put your footy pajamas on and went into the living room with your mom and dad to watch some movie and eat popcorn and snacks and everything else. Oh, man. That's the best. Okay, so growing up, are you are you an only child? Do you have siblings? No, I have siblings. I have one older brother and then a younger brother, younger sister. Okay, so when it came to those Friday, Saturday nights at the movie theater, how did your... I'm an only child, so it was usually like they'd get a pick and I would get a pick. But you're talking about two adults and four children. How did the delegation go on the movie picking for that? (laughs) So my mom... She was never... She worked nice, so she never was uh, really picking out the movies with us. So it'd be my younger brother, my younger sister, myself, and my dad. And um, we normally would all get a movie or a video game or something as long as we had our balance paid. Sure. And so uh, I can't even tell you the movies. My little brother would either get uh, a Power Ranger movie, uh, the Power Rangers, I want to say Turbo, or he would get uh, 
this thing called Kel Videos Live, where Kel Mitchell did this whole video series. Uh, my sister would get the Rugrats Vacation movie, and I would either get a Jurassic Park or I would get, you remember Ernest? Oh, yeah. 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 I would get an Ernest Goes to Camp or Ernest, Ernest Scared Stupid, and then my dad would get something R rated. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's great, man. You, it 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 always takes me back the that that you're old enough that you can be like, well, we'd get a, a video, uh, or uh, uh, you 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 were like, we'd get a movie or a video game. Like a lot of people, <laughs> like I and 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 looking back on it, yeah, we rented out the video games. But for me, like when I hear that, like I think of like when video stores first opened up, like renting original nintendo games like that's how long i've been going i don't know about yourself but i've been going to video yeah. stores long enough that i remember renting original nintendo games because mm -hmm. they were always like 60 70 bucks to go and buy them and you could rent them for like three days to a week at a time and beat yeah. them and then hopefully return it yeah and then do you remember do you remember when hollywood video uh did they because when hollywood video started up they only did movies and then they opened up like Game Crazy that were all attached. Did you guys have Game Crazies out, out where you're at? I don't think so. Oh, then that was a West Coast thing. So for us, they, they started renting out video games and they opened up a store with it called Game Crazy. And that's where you could go and you could rent video games and you could, uh, you could buy them as well. Um, that's funny, but... Yeah, man, I miss I miss Blockbuster. I miss I miss if I could open up uh, my own business, I'd really want to open up like a mom and pop video store because like that is such just an old nostalgic feeling, you know, like that is childhood, like going with your parents, like walking down the aisles, figuring out what movie you want to get. Yeah, I wonder if kids today would even appreciate that. Like, why are we spending all this extra time when we can just get on our phone and stream it? Yeah, yeah, technology, technology has really killed shit. Yeah, you, but do you remember being a kid, though, and, like, when your mom and dad would say, like, oh, man, like, back when we were kids, this and this and this, and now we're, back when we were kids, this and this and this, you know? Yes, 100%. The, the, my, my, my father grew up out east in Massachusetts, so he'd always give me the, you don't know what it's like to have to walk to school in the snow, uphill he gave me the full classic like uphill yeah. in the snow 30 degree weather five layers of clothing on one shoe but up backward <laughs> yes uphill both ways both. <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, man it's just such a great nostalgic feeling and that's probably another reason why like i'm so into movies because from the time i was like nine to like 15 16 years old my mom worked in video stores. She worked in in three in two different video stores, Video Escape and Time for Video, and that was me renting whatever I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, well, not not whatever I wanted within reason, but like just about any movie in the store I wanted, I could rent it and keep it for a couple of days and watch it as much as I wanted. Mm -hmm. Dang, but yeah, that yeah. Was, as they would call it, the plug. That would be the plug. Yeah, yeah. The the oh man, I I have so many great stories and memories of just video stores in general. Um, just just to to be able to relive the the childhood nuance of just going to the to the video store, going to the movies, like on a Friday night. And that man, I went by one of the. You remember when like they uh, introduced the IMAX and all the movie theaters and like mm -hmm. the HD and everything else? Man, I drove by one of the theaters in Omaha that was like the theater. And it was a, it was shut down. It was almost like eerie, you know, like zombie land esque. It was so weird. I'm like, dude, like, I, I can tell you just about every movie that I went and saw, and like, with the people that I was with, and like, man, I'm like, what do, what do people do now on Friday night? We're like, when you, you want to go on a date? Hey, let's go to let's go to the movies. Like, what do you do? You go to Top Golf? I do. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I grew up. I grew up in a small town. Uh, the theater is no longer there. It was an eightplex. But I could tell. I could do. I I knew that theater so well. I mean, I worked there for a couple of years. But like, I could tell you what theater I saw certain films in. I saw Jurassic Park when Jurassic Park originally came out. I was in sixth grade. I saw it nine times in the theater. Damn. <laughs> 
And I can tell you right now, I watched it in theater two. I watched it in theater four. I watched it in theater five. Damn. Like, I, I know what theaters I watched it in. You know what I mean? And that's the crazy thing is when it came out as a PG-13 film, I was 12 years old. I was 11 or 12. But I went to that theater so much that my parents would just give me the money, drop me off, and I'd go to the box office and be like, one for Jurassic Park? And they'd be like, there's your ticket. <laughs> they let you go. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah, because at, at the time I would have been, you know, 12. I had been going to the theater since I was five. So I had already been going there seven years. Uh, I'm actually still friends with uh, uh, an employee that I that was a regular employee when I was a child was the general manager when I worked there. Okay. So I literally watched this person go from like a ticket tearing employee to the general manager of the theater running the whole thing. Oh, that's dope, man. Yeah, and, I, and I'm still friends with her today as one of her children is now graduating high school and getting ready to go to college. Damn. Now that, that's a relationship that has passed the test of time. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really creepy to be able to look at a child and be like, your, your, mo your mother has known me since I, I was a child, so, you know, since, you know, 20 years before you were born. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's weird. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, when it comes to being a child, though, uh, and watching movies, this is usually when we're the most uh, in, influ in, influenced with what we see. Do you remember the first movie to give you nightmares? Uh, the first movie that gave me nightmares, I would... I'm, so, I'm stuck between two. I want to say it was Ernest Scared Stupid with that creepy-ass troll, or... Um, what what was the name of that movie? Why am I blanking on it? Um, Armageddon. With Bruce Willis. Yes. Ben Affleck. I, I, I became infatuated shortly after that with the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that Ernest Scared Stupid came out in 1993, 1994, and Armageddon came out in 1999. So I'm gonna say if I, I but, but you know you are you are a little younger than me so you may have ended up seeing them around the same time. Um, I saw both of those movies in the theater. Um, my father actually ended up driving like to a completely different area because one theater was playing Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> I remember. I remember my dad, I, we drove, we, we had to have driven al almost an hour just to, just to, he surprised me just to go to a theater to watch Ernest Scared Stupid. Wow. Uh, but that, that's probably my first, my favorite Ernest movie of all the Ernest, because you had brought up Ernest earlier. And of yeah. all, the, of all the Ernest, like Ernest Scared Stupid is probably my favorite. I agree. I agree. For sure. It had the best storyline too. It it really did. Like Ernest goes to jail was fun and interesting because Ernest essentially becomes a superhero. Like Ernest saves Christmas, I want to say is the second to last one yep. they made. And that that one is more of a weaker one to me. Like Ernest goes to camp is I want to say the first one they made, and that one's just fun. Yeah. Now, now you just got me thinking about all the Ernest movies. What was yeah yeah they did Ernest slam slam dunk there there's a direct to like tv movie that's like Ernest goes to splash mountain or some shit i forget it's a fun uh, one though are you still there my bad. I, I had lost you for a second there no that's all right that's all right you're still there so it's either Ernest scared stupid or armageddon which are both, you know, at a young age, very uh, influential films uh, on, on things that could give you nightmares. You know what? I, maybe it was Anaconda. It's so funny that you just say Anaconda because I literally was just thinking to myself, Anaconda scared the shit out of me. Like, I don't know why yeah. I just thought of that movie. But the and like it's such a bad film when you watch it as an adult. Like it's so cheesy. 
But as a kid, yeah. that giant snake is so scary. And so real. It's just like, and then you go, we got, so Omaha, Nebraska, we, you know, have supposedly the best zoo in the world, right? And you go there and you see this big ass snake and it's holding around somebody's neck. And you're like, wow, what's wrong with that person? They trying to die? Yeah, I mean, as long as long as you stay calm, man. If as long as you stay calm, they shouldn't constrict too much. No, man. I'll always say, if I'm gonna deal with a snake, I would rather deal with a six foot snake than a six inch snake, because I worked for a pet store and I have been struck at by more corn snakes than I have boa constrictors. Mm-hmm. And a boa constrictor? Well, I'm saying I've been struck at by a boa, but I've been struck at by more corn snakes, more little six-inch corn snakes. These little noodle string snakes strike way more than than the bigger size snakes. And I'd rather be I'd rather be bit by a big guy than a little guy. I don't know. That's just me. Well, you you better than me, man. I I would rather you know take on talk, take on a big guy. <laughs> um, when it comes to movies, though, uh, what is a movie that you feel that you can watch once and you never have to watch it again? Um, uh, what was you know? I, I'm not a big fan of like. Like the notebook, okay. I watched the notebook once, I had the emotions for it, and then I'm like, not even I can't say I'm not a big fan, but like I lived that moment, you know. I lived that moment in that movie for what that movie was supposed to be. And I got I would it would I would be doing it an injustice watching it again and expecting to feel how I felt, knowing what's you know how it, it goes. Sure. So the notebook. Yeah, or a movie similar to the notebook, you know, like like Grand Torino. You know, like how everything played out in that movie. Like, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm a very moment kind of person. And like, when I have a moment, I don't like to try to go back and try to recreate that moment because then I'm like let down. Like, get, like you know how people get addicted to drugs, man. Like, oh, I gotta get back to that high that one time. I remember the first time I did it. I mean, I, I, I've never done any hardcore drugs, so like, I don't get that. <laughs> but like, well, yeah. I smoke weed. So yeah, I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But <laughs> but no, I understand with the with the emotion and and you know films like that they they are very they they bring out a lot, especially like The Notebook. Like that that film is is definitely a tearjerker. It's tugging at your heartstrings. Yeah. Um so so to watch it a second time or or movies like that <clears throat> I can completely uh, understand. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen The Notebook. I don't really have any plans to watch The Notebook. I once went to a wedding that was notebook-themed, which I thought was very weird because I know what that movie's about. Yeah, that is really strange. It is, but, okay. but they loved The Notebook. They both loved The Notebook, I think. I might have to check with my wife on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I've... more power to it, man. <laughs> When it comes to going to the movies, do you remember the first movie you saw in the theater? Oh, the first movie I saw, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I had to call my dad and ask him because like that, you know what? It was, I want to say The Grinch, like the cartoon version of The Grinch. They re-showed it one time and I was probably in like fourth grade and uh, one of my best friends at the time, uh, his mom took us to see it. That's awesome. That's a great one. Yeah, for sure. Def- definitely, that was it. The Grinch. Yep. The How the Grinch. So, so yeah. So, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, yep. That man. That's that's a fun one, man. That's especially for the fact that you can you can you know kind of you know remember it and and that man. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That was a movie. Uh, that and A Christmas Story are like the two Christmas movies that my my uh, my mom wanted to watch every year. Yeah, the Grinch is timeless, man. Like you can almost like light a, a a Christmas or like that season scented candle and watch The Grinch and close your eyes and you'll be right there on it. And it could be the middle of July. Oh, ab- absolutely. That's a movie that you can put on at any time. 
and those who's start singing and i'm just i'm just yep i'm i don't know the words too well but i know the i know the humming like yeah here comes Christmas, Christmas time. Yeah, we're right there. No, man, that's that's uh, that's a fun one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. As time goes on, like I I am the Grinch. Like I I'm all for Christmas, but it's it's the people that kill it for. I was a really big fan of people. And then I met people. Yeah. Especially today, people in today's world, man, like just get colder and colder. And I, what I believe, you know, it's things that are, have been taken away, like, like you know, interaction with people at the at the movie store, you know, sure. simple things like that that have affected the way that humans treat other humans. Like, you're less apt to have to run into somebody or see somebody because you can have your groceries delivered now. And you know, I get it. You know, it's it's a convenient world and everything else. But I'm like, damn. What is this really affecting though? Like, how is this really, really affecting us? Yeah, oh. I mean, for me, I can tell you right now. For me, like, I'm, I'm. When it comes down to it, like, I'm a big goofball. Like, I just went to the dentist yesterday. I had to have work done on my teeth, but like, like, I just find humor in everything. He's like, "Well, it's going to be three shots of Novocaine," and I'm like, three shots of Novocaine." Well, let's just make it five. Like, yeah. can you? Punch- can you punch me in the face right before you jam the needle in just so like, um, like I, I just, I'm a big goof. And for me, like my mom, my mom was Christmas, like Halloween Christmas was like my mom's time. And she, she passed away back in 2003. So after that, like my family can try and be as joyful as they want about Christmas. But it's like, for me, and it's it just it sounds like such a, a an asshole thing to say, but like part of Christmas died with me when my mom passed, and it's just yeah. like I, I I can tell you right now, and like my my wife gives me a hard time because every year she just calls me the fucking Grinch, and I I get it. The moment we have a child, like that's that's going to be the bit of my mom that's gone that's just going to be filled because Absolutely. I'm going to be overly joyous for my child. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big, I'm a big grump and a grouch for everybody else. But like, if it's, if it's my own spawn, my own offspring, like, you know, I already know I'll I'll try and move heaven and earth for, for my, for my unborn child. That's not even conceived yet. Um, I think you said her though, man. Huh? I think you said her. So you're expecting a girl when you do have your first kid? Uh, I, I mean, my gut says girl. I really, I would really like a boy. I mean, in reality, I want twins. That's what I want. I would, I would like a, a, a set of twins, a boy and a girl, just get one of each, and then I'll be good. Um, and that's a strong possibility because my mother was a twin, and the twin gene usually skips. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. she, she didn't have twins, so the, it increases the chances for me. And then twins, twins and triplets run just as much if not more on my wife's side uh, you know so, uh, <laughs> yeah that i i don't know man i just want i just want a baby i just I, i'm i am 38 i will be 39 in november and i have been baby crazy since i was probably about 24 25 what wow okay i was expecting you to say you're early 30 but dang no i have been baby i have been baby crazy for quite some time quite some time um yeah (laughs) with that though um uh let's see here we we come to essentially the last question uh and that's a a listener movie recommendation a movie that you love uh that you think the listener should go check out um well i was a huge balto fan growing up and Loved everything about the movie, the story behind it, and everything. And then when I found out that it was BS to an extent, uh, and found out about the movie called Togo, and I would definitely recommend. Like, um, yeah, go 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 see the real story and what what really was, and what you can go and look up to see is true. Togo. You've never seen Togo? 
I have not seen Togo. Oh, man. When we get you, off this call, you got to go and watch it, man. You said Balto, and I was like, well, I think they made a couple of those Balto movies. No, nah, well, they got the original and everything else, man. And I, I'll just tell you, like, as people do, and as the media does, it's, oh, this is what we got first. This is the story we're going to go with. And then the real story comes out later on in life. So, yeah, the, the, the story of Balto is technically false. Uh, Balto wasn't even the dog that ran that race. Interesting. Yep. I'll have to check that. So just T-O-G-O, Togo? Yep, Togo. All right, rock and roll. I'll have yeah, to check and when that you, out. When you watch it, make sure you hit me up afterwards. I got to hear what your response was. Absolutely. Uh, with that, though, uh, we, we do come uh, to the end of the show. Where can people find you online? Uh, what do you have going on? Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, if you type in Tay Westbury on just about any platform, you can find me. Uh, I DJ under the name of Mr. West, Chef West. Uh, I, but like I said, I'm pretty easy to find. I run a local food vlog here in Omaha. Uh, supporting locally owned restaurants through the people uh, of the city. I do I do weddings and I, I cook. I, I do all kinds of cooking things, man. And so I'm a little bit everywhere. That's awesome. That's awesome. As we come to a close uh, here at the last podcast you'd want, we always try and keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Do you have a message of positivity or a personal mantra that you'd like to leave the listeners with as we uh, end the show? Uh, well, I got a tattoo and I've kind of, uh, I got, I adapted this from my uncle and my dad and it says, peace, love, and pump up the volume. I love it. Peace, love, and pump up the volume. Yeah. Peace, love, and pump up the volume. Tay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Bro, it's been my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. If you ever want me back, you let me know and we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the last podcast you'd want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff, and I'll see you then.